This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. On a shout-out Friday, 877-881-1053. If you have anybody or anything that you need to shout out, let us know. Shout out Friday. We'll try to get at least one shout out every single segment. You got me, Kevin Hagland. You have Zach Wolchuk from the Z. <laughs> from the Z Bag Nation. From the Z Bag Nation. That's off to a bad start for me. From the G Bag Nation for now. And then returning once again, Reginald Atatula. Good morning, Hello. gentlemen. What up, Reg? Kind of fellas. I feel like you're like now a. You used to be one of the main characters. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a recurring cast. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You it's make, like when a character goes from being a main on the show, but they get another show. Yes. And so like they become a recurring character. They'll you know kind of show up every once in a while. But you're like, where did that character go? So you've had success out in the world. You've branched it, your does that wings. Count as a spinoff? Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. The Get Right is a spinoff of the KNC Masterpiece is what we're going to go with right now, I think. I don't know if that's actually fair, but that's what we're going to go with nonetheless. All right. To start things off, the Cowboys' third down offense has been fire as of late. How do they keep it that way? Now, before we get to some of the hows, do you want me to run you through some stats and examples of how good this third down offense has been? I would absolutely love that. I know they're top five overall in the NFL. Yes. And I know since Dak has come back, they've been absolutely exceptional. That was a big talking point on our show that Dak, I mean, that was one of the things when we were going into the Cooper Rush, Dak Prescott debate, that that was something that clearly set apart Dak is a reason he was better when we had some fans that were saying like, oh, well, Cooper Rush, maybe you should just stick with him. No, no, no. That was certainly an area in which Dak Prescott clearly would improve this football team. Third and long, specifically, he'd been really good in his career of bailing you out of certain situations. Okay, and I think that's a spot-on observation. Very savvy. By the way, a lot of people on the fan text, they're excited that this is the lineup. What up for the 972, Willie Bully? Glad to hear you this morning from the 214. What a fun lineup. And from the 940, what up, Reggie? And then some people with controversial Christmas movie opinions. We'll get into that at 1120. I think that's going to be a fun segment. Is All right. Last five games, the Cowboys have converted at least 50% of their offensive third downs. That is the first time they have strung that together, five straight games in 14 years. That is an astonishing number. All right, so it's been 14 years since they had 50% or more third down conversion rate in five straight games. Now, you brought up the fact that they are now top five in the league. In fact, they are. 46% conversion rate for the season, which puts them at number five. And one of the things that was interesting about this, if you're like, yeah, that's just one stat, that's this, that's that, here are the top six. Now, I will point out, in all fairness, 
Number seven is Chicago. So it doesn't translate across the board, but here are your top six. Kansas City, Buffalo, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Dallas, San Francisco. Does that or does that not pretty much sound like the best six teams in the league? Absolutely. right at the top. That's essentially your power rankings right there. Exactly. And so I think that's why it is such a key statistic. And now they have been getting better, as you brought up, since Dak came back. In the last three weeks, second in the league. Wow. 55%. Yeah. So for people who are mad about the offense, and Lord knows we've dissected that (laughs) the last, I was going to say the last week, the last couple weeks, maybe the last several years, maybe the last couple of decades. But if you're mad about the offense, that is one thing that's working. And that is one thing that if they can continue to do, that could be problematic for other teams across the league. No question. And and I think that the Cowboys have done a solid job overall of staying ahead of the change in, in terms of down and distance. They've been exceptional in short yardage situations on third down with whether it's Pollard or Zeke, right? I think there's a little bit of a misnomer when it comes to, all right, Zeke's been really good in short yardage. Tony Pollard's also been yes. really good in those scenarios as because well. Because the stigma was, stigma was he can't do it. No doubt. He can't run between the tackles. Yep. This He's not a physical runner. This year, Tony Pollard's definitely put that to bed. Yes. He's a kind of, he's becoming a three-down back because he's also improving in pass protection as well. Now, he's going to get blown up at times, sure. but it's not a lack of being unwilling. You watch the All-22, Tony Pollard's throw, sacrificing his body and going ahead and taking some for the team here in pass pro. So he's definitely improving in that area, but I think that that's big. But as we mentioned, when it comes to third and eight or more, Dak and being able to extend some plays, but also when it comes to CeeDee Lamb stepping up and the tight ends as well. The three tight ends, I think, are also helping in this area, whether it's Ferguson, Hendershot, Schultz. Schultz has always been big on third down. I think these are all areas as to why the Cowboys have been very effective on third down conversions. Who is the, like, it could be positional, like you were just talking about the tight end. It could be CeeDee Lamb, whatever direction you want to go. Who is your focus or what is the focus to keep it that way? Is it as simplistic as, which, I mean, simplistic does not have to mean bad. I know some people are like, oh, that's rude. I don't mean in a bad way of you stay ahead of the change. That's the key to your third down success. Like, what do you focus in on to keep it? For Philly, and then hopefully Philly I think that always is, because I think you're now going to have a better offensive line. And that's something I've been talking about all week with Brian. And I think it was very evident when you watched Tyron Smith against Jacksonville, and you went back and broke it down. This offensive line is going to be better with Tyron Smith back. It's not a knock against Terrence Steele. I think Terrence Steele has been very easy to pick on but he was having an outstanding season along with Zach Martin, specifically in the running game. So I don't want to take that away. But as you talk about third and long, pass protection-wise, Tyron Smith is an upgrade there. But yes, when you have two Hall of Famers now playing next to each other with Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, that also is going to be a huge asset for you on that right side. So if you are able to stay ahead of the chains, third and short, you think, okay, we can go ahead and power off that right side, and they're going to get you an extreme push. And Tyler Biotish is kind of an unspoken thing. 
He's really been playing well. I agree. And every single week, I think you're seeing little things where he is taking his game and he's getting better and better. Do you feel like people were just hoping he would get to average? Like yeah. that was the goal going into the season. And I think he could make a really strong case average, dare I say, slightly above average. I think he is maybe? playing above average. Now, he's not at a Pro Bowl level sure. like we had with Travis Frederick. And that's that's the difficulty, right? Because he also came out of Wisconsin. So you had the immediate Travis Frederick comparisons, and he took over for Travis Frederick. So it's not to say that he is that. He's not yet, but I think he is playing above average center. Keep in mind, last year was really only his first full year starting, and I think you're starting to see now things are more comfortable for him. He's starting to really get a feel of calling checks to the line of scrimmage. He's not getting bullied at the point of attack by bigger defensive tackles, which were a weakness for him. And this is going to be a big game because he would struggle against guys like Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. I think he did a better job in that first matchup. This is going to be a big one tomorrow night to see how he handles those two guys inside. Now, you brought up the potential of the two Hall of Famers playing right next to each other. Even Tyron Smith was talking about that. He's like, it's fun playing next to my guy, Zach. Anything that, see, that could be like you. Yeah. Anything that will help the team win, I can perform way better than I did on Sunday. And I think that's encouraging because he said him and Zach are still working on getting on the same page, technique, being more comfortable. But 6.1 yards per offensive play when he was in at right tackle, and he's like, oh, yeah, no, I can definitely play better. Not, I think I could play better. He goes, for sure, I can definitely play better. And that is, that's an enticing process. It is. Because, I mean, listening to Zach Martin with Brad Sham and Haley Sutton talk about this, you know, he was interested in how quickly could just some of his little, you know, sets and techniques translate from the left side to the right side. And he was saying, look, like they've played on the same offensive line, but they've never executed, you know, down blocks to your point together. together, Yeah. Right. And so he just noticed some of the little techniques on film already starting to translate and so that's just in one game I mean look he was starting to do this all in just a week now you're talking about another week getting to practice this another full game now Jason Peters struggled in that game against Jacksonville you just set it and forget it no more swapping no more rotating Tyron Smith is your guy I think you just set this thing left to right with Tyler Smith McGovern, Biotish, Martin, and Tyron, and that's your offensive line. And from the 5-4-0, because I disagree with this, but you don't get the conversion when we really have to have it see the last third down attempt. Okay, so my counterpoint to that would be, first of all, like, sure, that did happen. Like, I'm not arguing against that, but my argument would be the drive before that, the touchdown drive, they were 4-for-4 on third down. Yes, they were. And so, like, I get it. You didn't get that. But even when you factor that in, you're 4-for-5. And I have issues with first and second down, again, as we've discussed throughout the week, that got you into that third down and kind of went against a lot of the philosophy for the year. Yeah, that's an uh, an issue that I have with the play caller a little bit. Sure. And uh, I think Michael Lombardi, who we had on earlier in the week, had a hilarious quote on Kellen Moore that he's kind of in his basement just drawn up and calling Madden play calls. Oh, um, I can see that. Which a little bit of a shot. He hasn't really liked our last couple of OCs and, or, or our former head coach. That's for darn sure. Calling him the clapper all the time in Jason Garrett. But Did he make sure to tell you how he traded Trent Richardson for a first round pick? No, he, okay. he, he did not bring that up this time. Uh, but you know that he does. He have, makes a good point. He has feelings about that. Yes. He certainly does. But yeah, I mean, I think that Kellen Moore, if he could go back and do it over again, he would. But then again, I mean, you look at that play call uh, with, with the Noah Brown play, he actually drew up 
a good play where we've talked about trying to create room to get your receivers open where I know people went ahead and, and they took still shots of like you've got guys in the same area. The reason they did that was you had the rub routes where you're trying to basically create a log jam and you get Noah Brown open. Right. With that drag in the crossing pattern, and he was, and Dak made a really good off-balance platform throw that hits Noah Brown. Now, unfortunately, we know what happened. Noah Brown wasn't able to complete the play, and he had a great game otherwise, but these things happen. Noah Brown has said that he needs to finish it, but overall, that was a good moment for Kellen Moore. The rest of it, we can certainly question, but he needs to be better in some of these instances. Now... We were talking about this list, and I'm not trying to like infuriate people just as the show starts, but since we're talking about third down, I've only seen one text about this so far. I'm a little surprised. The Christmas present list for teams across oh, the NFL. Geez. Look, let's set the tone all right, let's and let this. people know the energy that we're coming at the show with today, all right? Which is crotch first energy, Hagee. Hell yeah. Okay, so CBS Sports Christmas present list, is that right? Yeah, it's CBS okay. Sports. If you want to go after this guy, by the way, it's Garrett Pottle or Podle. Yeah, he used to be the producer the of the Podle show, Pottle. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Isn't he with the Stars now? Yeah. How about he plays center for the Spurs? <laughs> <laughs> so you're bringing that same kind of energy today, aren't you? I like it. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Did you see this, the, uh, what was it? Is it a sweater or uh, what, what is that? It's a sweatshirt, but it does say no cookies for Santa. And, of course, it has the image of the cookie beloved monster? cookie monster. Dude, it's yeah. freaking awesome. I should have worn my ugly sweater today. I've missed two opportunities to do that this week. Do you think the cookie monster ever went to rehab? No. Hell no. No. Why would you? Look, man, if you have an problem. addiction it's, that is, like, societally accepted, you can go with it. Man, you know what? That's funny because I always, there's a Jim Gaffigan joke that I always thought was hilarious. Is like, if you eat a whole pizza, people are like, wow, you're really hungry. If you eat a whole cake, people are like, you got a problem. And so. What's, what's, why do we always like go after the cake? Like, like a fat kid loves cake. Why is it always anti-cake? It was a piece of cake. It was a pizza cake? Piece of cake. Oh, he was trying to make a joke that didn't land. Whatever. Didn't land with Hagee. <laughs> Somebody right. out there giggled, but yeah. it was a bad joke. That's, Don't laugh at that. That's all I'm shooting for today. Don't hey, laugh at that. you know what? A bad joke. You know what we could have done? Make fun is of taking me. two weeks off after we work for like three months because oh, working in radio is hard. Are you grievances? Is this yeah. Festivus? It is Festivus. Go ahead and air your grievances. Truckwork.com text line 877-881-1053. It's hard to show up for work when you've been doing it for two or three months. I get it. Don't tell that to Brian. That is a great point. All right. Shopping list. Mm-hmm. Let's just focus on the Cowboys for now. We can get read the rest of the shopping list right now. Yeah. I mean, later. What's the shopping list for the Cowboys? What's the present? Amari Cooper. <laughs> Amari Cooper. And it writes, I'm sure Jerry Jones wishes he could have a do-over on flipping the four-time mm-hmm. Pro Bowl wide receiver to the Browns for a late-round pick. Their passing game's overly reliant on C.D. Lamb, and when opposing defenses sell out to take him away, guess what? The offense struggles. The Cowboys witnessed this firsthand in their collapse in Jacksonville last week. Right. Uh, Do you disagree? No. I don't disagree. I think of all, I think so many of their personnel moves have actually worked out really great. But time and again, that's one that you come back to and you're like, huh. 
What if what if we wouldn't have done that? And I know for a lot of people, it really bums them out is like the compensation you got for that. And at the time, because I remember we were doing a fan event, I was like, I like the compensation because you let everyone in the league ahead of time know that you were going to cut him and at least you got something for him. That's the part of it that I had an issue with is if you were going to trade him, just be like, oh, my God, we can't get rid of Amari Cooper. He's the best. And then you're like, what if I gave you a second round pick? And you're like, well, I guess. But instead, they're like, hey, we're going to we're going to cut him. So if you want them, come get them, right. which is not good strategy. Horrible decision in the moment. I think we all knew that. And the way that they went about handling it, where the entire NFL knew it months in advance, was even worse. They let their emotions get the best of them. They can say what they want about it. Sure. But that's the truth. Sure. That's the truth. Sure. And now they've flirted with Odell Beckham Jr. That's not happening. And they signed T.Y. Hilton, who oh. hopefully is going to play. Is it not happening? not happening. Did you not hear Jerry? He's like, I don't want to shut that door all the way. Maybe next year. No, it's not happening. I'm with you. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, will the Mavs become a part of your Christmas traditions? We'll do it next right here on the fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. We're going to get to the Mavericks in a little bit. It is a busy day. Also, shout out Friday. Wanted to give a couple right there from the 903. Shout out to my mom. She broke her hip but is kicking ass in rehab. That is is fantastic. And from the 214, want to shout out y'all. I'm currently driving to Tennessee to see my girlfriend's family for Christmas. Y'all are making the long drive very enjoyable. Merry Christmas to you as well. And thank you. And right now, brought to you by Ford. Built for Texas. Built for you. It is our Dallas Cowboys insider, Mickey Spagnola. Good morning, sir. Merry Christmas to you guys. Indeed. I'm going to give you a couple of options. Do you want to shout out anybody amazing or do you have any grievances that you would like to air out? We're allowing people to pivot in either direction as, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, this would be Festivus or is Festivus. So if you want to air your grievances or shout somebody out, here is your opportunity. Yeah, I, I don't think this is the time of year to air grievances, right? I mean, we only have one segment. <laughs> wow! Oh, well done. He's been taking names all year long. No, I, you know what? I, I should really shout out to uh, all those Cowboy fans that listen to this, and maybe the ones that aren't fans but still listen. Sure. Uh, and take the time to say hi uh, when they see you. Uh, I, I I really am grateful for that because, as I always tell them. If it wasn't for you guys, I don't get to do what I do. So shout out to all the folks that always say hi. Now, that's a great shout out right there. I know we have some more specifics about the contemporary game coming up tomorrow, but I was curious real quick. Do you have an all-time, it could be favorite or it could be most notable moment in the Cowboys-Eagles rivalry? Oh, my. It's a big rivalry, I know. It's a lot of games, too, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I would imagine uh, the one that uh, probably, well, several stick out the most, you know, the, the bounty bowl thing, uh, the, uh, in 89, the revenge of the bounty bowl thing later that season. Uh, but I would think uh, what's kind of glued in my memory is the second time around in 1991 uh, when the Cowboys went up to Philadelphia uh, beat the Eagles to clinch uh, a playoff spot. And it was the first playoff spot the Cowboys had uh, since the 85 season. And it was the first one under uh, Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. And I can still see Kelvin Martin 
uh, in a tight game, uh, returning a punt for a touchdown to put the Cowboys in the lead to the game they eventually won, and seeing Ike Holt kind of come out of nowhere and just crush the last guy that had a chance to uh, tackle Kelvin Martin as he was on his way for a touchdown. So uh, that moment certainly uh, sticks out awfully well. Mickey, I, I think getting the run game going was probably going to be my pick for the Cowboys against the Eagles is the most important thing. But we were talking with Michael Lombardi on the G-Bag Nation the other day, and he said, you know, if you can pass protect, you can beat the Eagles secondary. And he thinks that might be the path to success for the Cowboys. As, as you've prepped for the Eagles, well, what do you think might be the best game plan for the Cowboys? Is it getting the run game going, or do you think we can throw on them? Uh, I think if you can get the run game going, you definitely will be able to throw on them. And if you're going to throw on them, you have to protect Dak Prescott. Uh, I thought the protection has broken down a few too many times these last couple games where uh, he's had to roll out of the pocket uh, and at times, you know, try to invent something uh, down the field. So uh, if the pass protection's good, uh, I just think this offense. Uh, has to carry this team uh, at this point. And they did last week, right? 34 points sure. uh, running and throwing the football. And I think that's their best bet. Uh, I think that they can bust some big runs uh, with Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, uh, especially to the outside. I don't think you want to run straight in to their strength all the time, right up the middle. Uh, but again, with the defense uh, having to compensate for several injuries uh, that they've incurred here over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think the offense uh, has to go, uh, has to score points. Uh, and if it's 27, if it's 30, if it's 35, whatever it takes, uh, just need to score enough points to compensate for a defense that's shorthanded at the cornerback position, shorthanded the defense tackle position, shorthanded at the linebacker position. And so uh, they've got three games to kind of fix those things uh, going forward by the time they get to the playoffs. Well, since we're talking about being shorthanded, I, I realize sometimes internally I think I might overreact to the practice report. You? I know. No. You can't believe it, especially when I see the dreaded questionable. And I get it. Like, questionable can mean just questionable, not in my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to be without all these players. But when you see – all for mostly for different reasons. Dorrance Armstrong with the knee, Jake Ferguson with a concussion, and then Micah and Trayvon Diggs with the illness. Do should I have a concern level on at least three of those four? I know with the concussion, it's obviously trickier to kind of track that. Yeah, as for Jake Ferguson, they were pretty hopeful uh, that he would pass out of the concussion protocol uh, yesterday, uh, and if not yesterday, today. Uh, and they feel like he would be ready to go. Uh, so uh, that he's questionable at this point, and having been limited, uh, I believe, all week during practice, I think that's a good sign. And and that's a really good sign for this team uh, because, in my opinion, he's the best blocking tight end they have. Uh, and I think they've missed him over the last couple games. So uh, I think unless something cropped up, uh, you know, he's had activity during the week and then it's a matter of how you recover from that activity and to get out of concussion protocol, 
you got to go to the independent checker uh, to see if he passes. So uh, I think they were very hopeful that would take place. I think the other ones on the questionable, when you list a guy that didn't practice uh, for an illness, I think the best you can do is list them as uh, questionable because, remember, uh, the estimations uh, yesterday uh, were more so a projection of what they're able to do today. Uh, so from an illness standpoint, look, you'd have to tie Micah Parsons down for him not to play. And I think the same thing for uh, Trayvon Diggs. Uh, Armstrong was listed last week as questionable, uh, limited all week, and then he got the knee thing. Uh, but at least it's questionable. So I think he has a chance uh, to play. So really, I think the only one that we know definitely about is Leighton Vander Esch being out. Sure. And you always hate to be missing the guy that's your leading tackler and basically the leading guy on that defense that gets everything set up. So they're going to have to compensate for him. Uh, I know Damone Clark has played uh, pretty well uh, as a rookie. Uh, coming in halfway through the season. And you may even see a little bit of Luke Gifford out there getting some defensive snaps. You know, he kind of gets pigeonholed into just being a special, special teams, teams guy. Yeah. But in this it's situation, you may see him get some snaps too in certain personnel groups. I've been working really hard to convince uh, our buddy Zach Woolchuck right here from the G-Bag Nation to draw, be the official driver for the Cowboys the next few days to make sure that we stay away from any other incidents. Make sure he he can foresee somebody turning left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we've all been in that accident that that person just, I don't know if they didn't know the traffic rules or just weren't paying attention or whatever, but scary situation for it Sam is. Williams. That car well, you know was what? crazy. Yeah. I mean, both cars, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you know what's happening? And I noticed it yesterday. I didn't drive around that much, but everybody was in a hurry. Oh, Everybody yeah. was running yellow lights. I saw one where a guy was coming to a stoplight, and it had already turned le- yellow, and he was putting his brakes on, right, mm. slowing down. And then he got to the intersection, and he sped up as soon as oh. it turned red. Yeah. And it went through. So, yeah, people are crazy out there these days. Everybody's rushing around. I was in a grocery store. I thought it was going to get run over by a grocery cart. Yeah. Oh, man. you got to be careful out there with those carts. I, I was going to say people coming around the corners and just like in a hurry. Right. And it's like, geez, slow down. You're probably off. You're not working. <laughs> I thought the store had been more aggressive than the roads themselves. The drive today was lovely yes. compared to yesterday. So hopefully everyone's like bunkered up or they've already traveled to wherever they're going. And I'm like, I made it. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm- right. Exactly. And, but that, but those last minute gifts, you know, you gotta hurry. Sure, you always do. And and the, and we are on a time crunch right now. We certainly are. But be careful out there on those. CBS roads. gifted us back Amari Cooper. That was nice. They did. Well, yeah. Well, unfortunately, that it's not actually going to happen. But I do have a question on uh, that cornerback two spot, Mickey. Do you have any idea on what the plan might be, or might it be a rotation tomorrow night? No, I don't think it'll be a rotation. And if there is a rotation, then uh, you know it could be that. Uh, you play Deron Bland on the outside and then move him inside when you go to nickel. Okay. Uh, or the other thing that I think is a possibility. I mean, if you look at it logically, right, uh, which guy that can is active, that is eligible to play, has played the second most snaps at the cornerback position so far? 
Bland. It's Bland, right? Yeah. So that must mean you have some confidence in him. Mm-hmm. So put him back outside where he started before they were uh, forced to move him inside and then, you know, figure out the slot. Because you can all, it's easier to give the slot guy uh, corner some help than it is the outside guy. Because if you give the outside guy help with a safety over top, then basically you're playing single safety high all the time. Uh, but in the slot, you can do a couple things to make it difficult uh, to give that guy some help. And, you know, the guy that they, they signed, now he's on the practice squad. We'll see if they elevate him today or not. But Mackenzie Alexander, that's kind of what he's done in the league. Sure. Uh, now, I know other teams have given up on him, and that's fine. But when you're in this situation, uh, at least you're probably looking for uh, you know, if you're going to err, err on the side of experience instead of putting somebody in there that really hasn't done that job for you uh, much at all or in the league. So I think somewhere with those two guys, uh, I think that's how they would likely cover uh, the cornerback and slot corner positions. We'll see going forward if they, you know, are thinking something else. But I think that's just a reasonable way to do it. Mickey, we have reached that point in the segment and in the week. Do you have a prediction for us? If you absolutely need one, I do. Uh, I have one, and in my very scientific way of coming up with scores, uh, when I wake up the morning before I have to give a prediction, the first numbers that come to my mind, that's what I do. So oh. uh, I think this Cowboys team uh, will rebound. They have not lost back-to-back games uh, all season long. Uh, something like winning 27-16, knowing that Gardner Minshew is going to be playing his first snaps of significance this year, and he really hasn't played very many at all. So uh, I think uh, we talked about what the key on offense was. The key on defense is make sure – that he does not get comfortable in the pocket because it'll take him some time to kind of see things and get in rhythm. You got to make sure that he's uncomfortable. And the best way to do that also is to force him to throw the ball, which means stopping the run. Appreciate it very, very much. Good, sir. We'll catch up with you again next week. Talk to you on Monday and have a good Christmas. Merry Merry Christmas Christmas to Mickey Spagnola from DallasCowboys.com. By the way, this is an overdue shout out from the the 817. We merged the shout outs and the grievances. (laughs) My grievance with Kevin is that he hates the USPS. I've been trying to get no, that is not right. Is shout out to thanks a lot, Zach. You know what? You fit in just great with this show. (laughs) Is shout out to all of the USPS folks, your mail person, your delivery drivers. And he pointed out, or she pointed out, most male people are out very late this time of year, and it doesn't matter that it's cold. Is so thank you very much. Thank you very much to all of our mail carriers for making sure that card and everything else gets delivered in a timely fashion. We appreciate y'all. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Keep sending in those grievances or shout-outs. Coming up next, ranking the best Christmas foods. And have you tried all of these? We'll do it next right here on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. Now, the question we're going to have here is, what are the best Christmas foods? And have you tried all of these? This is from a website called Spoon University. Spoons don't go to university. Spoon? What are you talking about? I was going to say, I don't know if that is a reputable university. I don't know if I've ever told you this story, if I've mentioned it on air, is there used to be like you a- You graduated from Spoon University? Yes. That's that's how you get into radio, kids. That's amazing, because I went to your rival Fork. Oh, I It was FU. It. Yes. That is- that is very well played. Thank I'm you. proud of you for Thank that. Thank you. Is, Thought out all by myself. I was dating a girl, and we drove by this place, and it was called Crayon University. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what a weird place for a college. She looked at me with no sense of sarcasm or anything. I was like, I don't think that's a real college. And in my brain, I was like, huh. Were you upset that she thought so little of you that she was like, oh, yeah, Kevin thinks that's huh. really a thing? Yes. Yes, I was upset about that. I also didn't know I wanted, I had questions about her like sense of humor and all of that. And how'd it work out? Hey, we're not married. I'm married to Jess, not this other gal. Oh, she did not check all the boxes. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. She, she didn't color within the lines. I mean, <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's like that part doesn't bother me. So we go to Spoon University. Would you like right. to go through these one by one? And what I really want to know is if you've tried them and what your breakdown is. Okay. Oh, yeah. I got this. Number 10 on the list. I'm going to say at least one more time from Spoon University. Fruitcake. Gross. <laughs> okay. Really? I don't, I don't think I've ever had a fruitcake. Okay. So I don't here's, think I have either. I've had it once. And supposedly they're really good when you, and, and so Red, you're actually going to do this. We talked about it pre-show. When you drive through Waco, mm-hmm. there's that one uh, bakery. Is it West, the West Bakery, or the Bakery in West, the... Yes, it is. It's like the, uh, something with a C. Yeah. You I, know what I'm talking about. Check stop. Uh, it's not the check stop. Dang it's not it. the check stop. They're going to make a, they were making a movie about it and Sandra Bullock was going to star in it. You eight seven seven eight eight one one five three. It's like it's, it's not the same. It's thing. not like the corn. It's not corner bakery. It's something else. Somebody will text in and know they are known for making these fruit cakes. And I tried one of theirs, and I still it was okay. It was passable. But anytime I've seen a fruit cake, I'm like, why the hell is, are people eating this? Sure, that's a great. I I haven't tried it. My son the other day said he wants to Collins Street Bakery. Collins Street. That's it. Bam. Shout out two five four. Thank you Excellent. very much. Collins Street Bakery. Texting in. Excellent work right there. Thank you. Is my son said he wants to try a fruit cake and then maybe make a fruit cake. He doesn't isn't, it take like weeks? I don't. I don't know. I mean, isn't the idea of this just convoluted? We're putting fruit and bread together. Yeah. I mean, like I what get are you talking you, about. Like you put jelly on it. Yeah. That's fine. But like we're putting dried up fruit. It just looks. Look, you can make anything sound nonsensical if you break it down to its essences. It looks gross. That is, and it very doesn't taste true. very good. Number nine on the list, although somebody did text in and say, all I want for Christmas is to hear about Kevin's firing from Blockbuster. I had such a intriguing Blockbuster question for Jerry, and he he dodged coming on with us. He did. Because he heard about it. Interesting. What was the question? Yeah. I wanted to know if Jerry ever frequented Blockbuster, and I was going to tie it into Kevin 
working at Blockbuster. I can't do it with any other host, but it works because Kevin worked at Blockbuster. Oh, this was your one shot. And got fired. Yeah. Well. Now I can't ever do it. Don't never say never. Would have made headlines and everything because yeah. who doesn't want to know about Jerry Jones Blockbuster exploits? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? We're going to find a way to make your dreams come true. Thank you. As long as there are other dreams today. <laughs> now, in the long term, look, all I wanted for Christmas. Is, uh, in the long term, we'll work on that or dream. Chanica. As far as today, that, hey, Monica. I was about to say that's Day not six? right, but then I thought. I probably shouldn't say that. No, you can say whatever you want, man. I, believe I don't think it is. that's true. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a great point. We got a dumb button for a reason. Number nine on the list, candy canes. They're solid. It's, it is for, for you only have it for Christmas. So and Do you max out at one candy cane? Like our, I'm, yeah, I will only do one. Yeah. For, well, I'm down if, for one. If you're only doing the peppermint ones, if you're doing the ones that have like different flavors involved, I can do a couple of them. So I've never had another flavor. Ah, so maybe I need to... There you go. You need to diversify expanse. your candy cane. Although I legitimately haven't had a candy cane in probably like six, seven years. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So Gosh. if you want to bring a candy cane so up to So many College Street Bakery texts coming in. I love you all. And the 214 said, bro, fruitcake is number one. It's the best Christmas ever. And oh. if you got any that you don't want, I'll take them. All right. So if I get them, I'm going to find you 214. I'm re-gifting to you. <laughs> I, I'm just, they're just not for me. So, see, we couldn't make your dream come true, so you're making other folks' dreams come true That's today? the holiday season. That's what I'm talking about. And somebody just said they submitted their application for Spoon University. <laughs> Number eight on the list, eggnog. Now, uh, I think eggnog fine. is actually not bad, it's but fine. I can only do it half and half with milk because it is so freaking thick. i got to thin it out. You yeah. are just so on brand, man. I am not the only person who does that. You're just so I hope. On. He's like, eggnog is too strong. I need to water it down. <laughs> it is strong, though. Fair. It oh, is. yes. It is. I, and now I'm not watering it down. I'm going full gusto. But I'm also putting liquor in there. Yeah, you're putting Bailey's Irish cream in there? You're darn right I am. Can't do it. Well, yeah, because you don't drink. Yeah, you don't drink. That's just, I mean, I guess I could. You're I'm a saint. Capable. <laughs> oh, man. Do I need to retell that story from Blockbuster? <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, please do. Number seven, ham. Elite. This, this is this is This an, is too this is low. See, it's way too low. I feel like the ham should have been number one. Because as we said during Crosstalk, as somebody who has always just admired Christmas and been on the outside looking in, growing up a Jewish boy, wishing I could participate with all my friends on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and sit around the Christmas tree with the... Hey. Why are you looking at me like this? My family, we're hosting both Christmas Eve for one family and Christmas Day for the I other might family. Show up. I you, I'll give you my address. You're more than welcome. I might pop in. To come to the Hagelin household. I might do this. See, I think this is low, but I had a question for you, Reggie. Hi. Is, is it just ham or is it the honey baked ham? Like, do you draw a distinction? Do you like the honey baked ham? Where do you fall on this? I mean, I feel like there's lots of great ways to cook ham. I think largely as long as you got the ham involved, that other stuff is personal preference, right? Okay. Um, but I'm I'm willing to leave myself open. Let's hear the rest of the list because I'm thinking there are some other things that might pop up that I could put above ham, even though that's like the centerpiece. That doesn't mean it's the best part. Okay. Number six, gingerbread man All cookies. Right. I'm out. <laughs> I'm okay. out. I figured you'd be somebody that would, that would vouch for the gingerbread man cookies. Like, they're, they're cool, but I feel like they're just overrated. And then, obviously, this is a take that I got off yesterday at the Get Right, on the Get Right. Um, the gingerbread house. What are we doing? Why okay, are we doing I'm this? I'm with you there. I've made a few of them, and... It's delightful. Okay. Is oh, it? Man. Is it delightful? And then also, Once why are done. we building things out of yeah. food that we're not going to eat? 
And it's not good to eat because those things are not really made to taste well. Force yourself to eat it. Tastes good, I should say. At least say. part of it. Yeah. Coming from Kevin, I don't want to hear any guff about forcing myself to eat anything. That's a fair point. All right. Is this where we're at, Kevin? That the 682 has texted in what the hell is Blockbuster? Are we Are we there? Yes. We've reached the generation where now it's, people it's, no longer remember it. It's a, ter- it's a terrible show on Netflix that they canceled quickly. Blockbuster is a prominent like thing in the cultural zeitgeist. 15, 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. It was such a nostalgic thing to go as a kid. To I was really and I was really hoping that Netflix show would take off, but I thought it was going to be a nostalgia show set in the '80s and maybe the '90s. And they're like, "No, let's do it modern." And it was terrible. Number five on the list of best holiday foods. This is where the Thanksgiving aspect comes in. Five stuffing, Damn. four cranberry sauce. Elite and elite. See, I would. I mean, I love it. I'm I'm about this. But I've heard like roast beef is a big. Christmas thing or some kind of beef, like beef Wellington. A lot that of people fancy. Lot, I brought us as a big beef Wellington guy. It's one okay. of his favorite foods. I think it might be his um, like death row meal. It sounds fancy, but it also sounds very British, which makes me think it might be bad. Interesting. Hmm. So the if, Brits aren't known for their cuisine, dog. Sure, that is very fair. I do think it is the signature dish of Gordon Ramsay. So <laughs> you might be on something. Okay, number three, apple cider. Okay, that is very Christmas. All right. Oh man, Reggie I'll hates con- this. I'll concede, list. but it's fine. Number two, mashed potatoes. See, that's generic as hell. Oh, just wait. Number two is mashed potatoes. The number one. If you say gravy, I'm punching you. I okay. Well, is it oh, mac he's and cheese? Say rolls, isn't it? No, that would be amazing. Holiday sugar cookies. All right, sugar oh, cookies stink. No, sugar cookies stink. What? They stink. They're not good. Dude, you're vouching for the oatmeal raisin, and then you're going to crap on Man. the gingerbread and Who now the sugar cookie? Who has fringe opinions now? I don't care. I, they can be yeah. fringe if they're right. The, the thing is, Reggie really doesn't care, and I, I, I know and I love that about him. But come on. I love a good sugar cookie. And, like, the sugar cookie is year-round. It's just we throw a bow tie on your snowman or whatever, dress it up like it's a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and it's a different thing. Like, you... They're pervasive all year long. That's not better than ham. Agreed. Or eggnog, I feel like, is very Christmas. Did you bring us any eggnog? I didn't. Did you remember to bring the menorah? Okay, so I got a story about the menorah. Oh, I want to hear this. It's not really fun. Oh. Oh. Well, I guess, like, when you really dig into the story of the menorah in general, it's not really here for fun. It's just this, no, is, this is fantastic but miracle stuff. We got to move in the process. We're in the process of moving houses. So the menorah has been packed up. So I wasn't able to get it. In the holiday season? Yeah, we've got one more, one menorah that's still up, but that one is too nice. My mother was like, I don't trust you. To sure. To 682 is fair in this regard. Reggie's very hipster and whatever. Not family-oriented on this topic. That's also fair. I'm not considering children at all in this, and I imagine the sugar cookies go great with the kids. That's very true. And prime rib is being texted in a lot. And maybe I I messed up on the roast beef or the beef wellington for the prime rib, and I accept that mistake and that flaw, and I am learning. I'm proud of you for that. We do need to shout out our uh, our brothers and sisters in Latinidad. Tamales. Oh, the tamales. Elite. Yeah, who? Sean already tried to crap on that and yeah, crosstalk. Yeah, but Sean doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, look, if it's made, had too much. It has to be made with love by somebody's abuelita. But if that's the case, mwah, beautiful, wonderful stuff. Mm, I'm with you.
We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, this time, will the Mavs become a part of your Christmas traditions? We'll do it next right here in The Fan. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.